You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania Manania. You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania Manania. From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is the A Copper and a Yarn podcast. Yama, and welcome to episode three of our podcast, A Cuppa and a Yarn, brought to you by the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. I'm Michelle Alexandrovix Lovegrove. Thanks for listening in. Our guest this week is a man who has one of the best nicknames you could hope for. A man who played across 12 seasons in the NRL, most prominently with Manly, where he played 127 games before joining Melbourne Storm and then the St George Illawarra Dragons before calling it quits and getting on with more in his life and a little bit of league as well. It's gorgeous George Rose, event manager, partner, father, student, son, and he still kicks a ball about for his beloved Walgett. I hope you enjoy A Cuppa and a Yarn with George Rose. You can do George Rose, thank you very much for coming and uh, having a cuppa and a yarn. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's go back to uh, where it all began, Yeah. basically the start. So you're a Walgett boy, eh? Yeah, Walgett boy. Um, born in Bathurst, grew up in Walgett. Uh, me and all my uh, brothers and sisters were born in Bathurst, so started off in Walgett, started school there, started, uh, played my first game of footy in Walgett, and then uh, from there we, we moved to Narrabri. My dad got opportunity to um, be the regional manager of the CES over in Narrabri, so... So we packed up and moved over over there for a couple of years and, and then when Dad passed away in 1992 we, we ended up moving to Bathurst. So that was where, that's where my mum's family's from so just made it a bit easier on her to, to have us all there in Bathurst and um, uh, get a bit more support. We are pretty wild kids back then so it's, um, you know, it was good to, good to have that support for her I think. So, um, and then yeah, so that's where I finished all my high school in Bathurst and uh, moved to Sydney at the end of it. I read a little bit uh, somewhere. You went to you went to Kelso High, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, Kelso High. What was that like? Uh, it was good. Um, you know, I, I, I quite enjoyed it. The um, I really enjoyed school. I was someone who who um, you know liked turning up, hanging out with my mates, and um, you know I, I did all right at school. So it wasn't wasn't too much of a chore for me. I, I enjoyed being there. I've actually got something here. I'm just shuffling paper. Yeah. Little quote from your uncle, Royce George. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, you were always going to do something with your life. And you held the 100 metre record at Kelso High and you were an absolute brainwave. Yeah, well, um, that's probably the nicest thing that he's ever said about me. Um, <laughs> Is it? But he hasn't, hasn't said it to me. Uh, he, he was actually, you know, he, he had a big influence on, on uh, my life. He actually coached us in footy um, in my time that I was there in Bathurst. And uh, I've still got the imprint of his boot um, in my backside uh, because he, he um, yeah, he used to give me, a, give me a swift kick in the ass whenever I was being cheeky and uh, not doing the right thing. So, like really, uh, really kicked you in the ass? No, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. He, he actually kicked me, kicked me in the ass. It was, I remember there was once... I wouldn't train, we were, we were doing something, um, I don't know, we were running laps or something and, and I, you know, I wanted to just go and kick the footy around and um, he got filthy at me and I got cheeky back and he come and give me a boot in the ass and I took off around the field, I ended up winning the race too so it was, um, it was probably, probably a good thing that he did it, I reacted the, the right way that I was meant to do and um, you know, it helped me, helped me to move on and become better. How old would you have been then? Oh, I would have been about, probably about uh, 12 or 13. Okay. Small enough for it and yeah. big enough to be able to pick yourself up yeah, and run. Yeah, well, I, I wasn't big enough to be able to, to, to um, <laughs> throw a few back at him. So, I, yeah, I did what, what I was meant to do and I ran. Your mum was saying at that time that um, you did all the advanced subjects at school so harking back to what you just said about yeah. how, how you actually liked going to school you yeah, know I was, I was a bit of a maths nerd at school so um right. like maths was always my strong point you know it was, it was it was a bit difficult towards the um towards the end because like i said i had a lot of friends at school and um you know then when you get towards the end a lot of my friends started dropping out and 
doing apprenticeships, taking jobs or, or just dropping out of school completely. And mm. I think by the time I sort of got to year 11, year 12, I was the last one out of my my friends group to still be there at school so uh, it just made it a little bit harder than the last few years but it was lucky that I had the support of of mum and uh, also um actually the the Anne Dennis is she the current yeah, yeah current she, she's uh, act, acting yeah she's acti- acting chair of yeah so um at the time I think Anne was doing a lot of work at the school um as well so between Anne and mum they kept me turning up to school and and doing the right thing and um got me through to the end and um, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful for, for them keeping me in line and, and making me finish off school when I did. So our councillor, Dennis, yes. had, a, had a big hand in you yeah. staying there despite, you know, lots yeah. of friends dropping by the way. So, you know, do, doing other things. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, was, it was good to have, have that influence. Like, you know, I, I think she knew, she saw the potential in me as well and, and they were always encouraging and always... They had a had a bit of a strong hand at times to to make sure that I you know that I'd listen to their advice and and I am I, I am grateful that that they mm. did that they they went above and beyond to to make sure that that I made the the right decision. Because these days, when we think about sort of encouraging kids at school, and you know, I think uh, sometimes the philosophy of every child gets a prize is that you know there'll be a competition, but every child gets a prize is actually not really that good for kids yeah well I, th- I think it's important that, that you that you're able to to deal with with losing and with mm. uh, with with not being good enough on the day and, and and learning lessons and taking them taking them lessons for from it whether it's to encourage you to, to work harder to try and be better at that particular thing or to encourage you to to choose a different path which might be better suited for you mm. I think I, I think it is important to, to learn those lessons and and, and I think that's one thing that you, that you get with sport is that you that you you don't lose you learn a lesson you, you either yeah. you know you either win or you learn a lesson and um, there's always something to be able to take away from it at the at the end of the day so with school then it was all about you winning and uh, yeah. as much as possible <laughs> no, well, right? I, I think it was I, I think it was the competitive nature that I that I had yeah so so I've always been competitive and and I you know I do like to win I've, I think it's that competitive nature that, that I probably got a lot from my, from my brothers and, and backyard footy and um, backyard basketball and wh- whatever things we'd play at home. Um, it, it built that competitive nature for me, I think, and, and that's a, how I, I sort of approach school too, is that, you know, if I was good at maths, I wanted to be the best at maths. If I was, if I was mm. you know, not real good at, at certain subjects and I wanted to do whatever I had to, to try and be better or... Um, you know, some things that I there, there is things that I just wasn't good at, and, yeah. and I learnt that lesson, and, and you know, realised where my strengths were, and tried to build more towards them. So, what were some of the things you weren't good at? He's <laughs> smiling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to, if you want to say, so you were good at maths. Yeah. What, yeah. what about you? This is at school. Traditional things, sort of English, history. Well, I hated public speaking. I okay. hated it, and that and that was a real wow, a, a real thing that cost me. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of opportunities and, and different things that, that I could have tried out. Um, I just, I don't know, I just can't do it. And even now when I, when I have to go and do, um, go and do talks and speeches, I just, like, I'm just, eating, my body is just churning inside. Like, I just, oh, gee. I hate it. I would much sooner rather run at 20 grown, 120 kilo men rather than uh, have to stand in front of people and, and talk. But it's funny because given a lot of the things that I do now, it involves me having to do that, but it's yeah, it is definitely one of the things that I still feel really uncomfortable doing. And so here we are. We're sitting uh, in a cafe, Lady Latte, <laughs> literally in the heart of Parramatta in Sydney. <laughs> At a table, we've got a couple of microphones here. We've got our cuppers. People are coming in and out. They're all staring at you, but then people are just going about their business anyway. But this, this is okay. Yeah, because well, we're one on one. I, so. I think yeah, I think this is okay. Yeah, and and even like um, even with the TV stuff that I do, I find it okay when when it's just a camera in front. Like I, I just I, I've, grown, I've grown accustomed to it. Yeah, I've grown used to it. But uh, when you're chucking a live crowd, I start to get a little bit more start a little bit more anxious. You know, I start to sweat, and the, the makeup lady will have to come and see me every every break to to touch me <laughs> up and yeah sort me out because I'm sweating my makeup off and. You know what I do? I used to do a little bit of news reading at NITV. Pink highlighter. 
I still carry it. I don't know what it is or what the subconscious effect is of having that highlighter, but I feel solid when I've got a pink highlighter. Yeah, now, right. how, how weird is that? Yeah, well. Yeah, you know, you, you just got to find your little trick. So there are a few things. Okay, so the, the, the public speaking at Kelso High. Um, your mum, though, reckons that, what did she say? Everything came too easily to George. <laughs> and he got too bored too quick. Oh, this is your Uncle Royce said yeah. this as well. He did all the advanced subjects, and if it wasn't sport, he'd just do well in other fields anyway. Yeah. You're a lucky oh, man. Well, that's really nice words from him. That's, yeah. Yeah. I think... Um, I think when you, uh, it's sometimes it's it's difficult when when you say that um, that things come naturally to someone that that someone's just got a natural talent and a natural mm. natural gift and stuff like that because I, I think behind it all there is there is a lot of hard work that goes into it whether 100%. you know however that may be when oh, like I know with rugby league when they talk about um, like blackfellas having natural talent and um, that it, that everything comes naturally to them but you think back to walking around with a footy in your hand every day of your life and you you know if you're walking down a school corridor and you're chip chasing over people walking walking through the corridor or throwing little short balls to your mate and, but just having that footy in your hand all day it's like you've just gone and trained for for 10 hours that day without you know actually classing it as training you've yep. done you've done passing you've done um you know your your, your agility stuff all, all them all them little things that that you do like it's not yeah, I think a lot of those little things build build the type of person that you become. And um, yeah, I think I, I was always, while I was pretty nerdy around around my math and stuff, I always, you know, I was it was something that I was always constantly thinking about and you know constantly doing. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the old myth of the um, overnight success. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, there's no such thing. Yeah, exactly. There's no such yeah. thing. It's just public recognition of, of years, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so you'd been playing... When did you first sort of really start? Not necessarily even playing, but knowing that you loved... You loved the ball, you loved playing. Yeah, I, um, I, I played my first game of footy when I was four years old. And, uh, like, go. I think for... Um, you know, I, I watched my young fella play. He, he played his first game of footy this year. He's he's oh, four. Congratulations! And, uh, yeah, he's he, four as well. Yeah, he's four. He started playing for the Redfern All Blacks, and he's um, he loves he, he loves footy. Like he loves getting out there and just sort of they uh, they don't really stick to the rules. They just sort of do whatever you know, they want. Whatever they want. And, <laughs> um, so I think I was probably pretty much the same at, at that age. But the difference was is that I, I don't think I scored a try um, at all in that period. I remember. When I was five, about halfway through the season, I scored a try mm. um, in the game, and from then, you know, it just started rolling in. I'd score three or four tries a game, and and um, you know, I started really loving what I was doing, and I, I my confidence grew. And then from then, it was just like every everywhere you go, you, you got a footy, everything you're doing, you know, footy after school, footy at lunchtime, footy before school, come home, play footy with a sock on your knees in the lounge room with your brothers, and. Uh, until you get told to go to bed, and um, so it was just sort of yeah, it was just one of them things that you're just constantly, constantly doing and loving. Instinctual, you think, or you know, it was just you know the the they say following your passion and all that sort of stuff. But as a kid, you know, we don't think of those buzzwords. You just do it. Yeah, I, I think it was just just following the passion. It was fun. You, you you'd see what other people do and you try to copy it. You know, like mm. and, and because a lot of the you know a lot of the important people around me were were rugby league players and, and, you know, followed the footy, whatever it was. Um, you know, we'd, we, were, we were ball boys as kids, so we'd watch the, the older guys play. And um, it wasn't so much on TV then as it is now, but, uh, you know, you'd, when you'd watch things and see people do different things, you'd, you'd constantly try to copy them and um, try and do the same thing in the backyard at home. So um, it was always about, about trying to be, you know, be able to do everything. Mm. Your dad played too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we watched him play for for a number of years, and he he captain coached when he was in um, when he was in Narrabri. Play, you know, captain coached over in Weewar, and uh, we used to go over to footy training with him, and um, you know watch him do the stuff during the week, and then go down to the footy on the weekend and watch him play, and um, yeah, it was it was just good, good, good to look up to, and then even 
you know, from then on, like with my brothers and cousins and that, you know, we'd, we'd you know, always watch each other play and the same thing, you see, see someone do something, you want to try and do it and try mm. and do it better and, um, yeah. So when was the point then when you uh, realised or someone said to you, hey, mate, you know, you can, you can actually seriously make a go of this professionally? When, when does that sort of realisation kick in? Yeah, well, in, when I was in Year 12... Um, I, I had an approach from the from the Penrith Panthers to come down to Sydney and and play footy, and um, this was at the time when I was trying to decide what to do with my life when school finishes. Mm. Um, and so I, I ended up applying for uni at Western Sydney, and and I took up the offer to, to go down to Penrith and play footy. It just um, yeah, it, it still just seemed like a you know the the next progression. It didn't still still wasn't a thing that I was you know going to be an NRL player or anything um, and then it was still a few years I was down here for, for three or four years three years in the juniors just making my way up the ranks the 18s to the 20s to reserve grade and then um, even the the week that I, that I was told that I was going to make my first grade debut in 2004 I um, I still up until then I still hadn't thought of myself as a as an NRL level player as a guy that'll be playing on TV alongside the guys who are already there like I still mm. just thought you know this was just me I was just playing footy and um, it, it was just at this this level mm. I just I, I didn't think that I was you know that that next next level kind of player and then when it happened um, you know it was it was crazy yeah I bet yeah. I bet it was. Your brothers played too, is that yep. right? You, yep. Yeah, your two brothers. Um, Matt and Trent. Yeah, Matt they and both. Trent. They yeah. both played. Um, yeah, they both played played really quality football at, at the uh, New South Wales Cup level. Yeah. Um, so Matt won a grand final um, with the Dragons, and um, Trent, I think he was Player of the Year a few times with with his club at, at New South Wales Cup level. But both both really good players. They just. Um, didn't get the opportunity to go to that next level. Mm. Um, like for me, it, it was I, I think education was always a thing I wanted to follow. And um, if I if I hadn't had that opportunity to go to uh, to come down and play footy in Sydney, I think I would have you know tried to go to, to go to the local uni and do mm. something still mm. along the lines of, of of accounting or engineering and and playing local footy. Still still playing local footy and uh, being a part of that club for for a long term. So then with coming to Sydney and working your way through the ranks uh, at Penrith, what sort of happened then? So you were at Western Sydney Uni. What were you yeah. doing there? Accounting. Accounting. Yeah. So I started yeah. an, an accounting degree and I think at the end of the first 12 months um, I, I ended up deferring yeah. um, because yeah. footy was going, it was going pretty good and then I, you know, I started working and, and playing footy and... Um, you know, it, no, it no up, time to study. Ended up being the um, <laughs> it, it ended up being the right decision at the time because yeah. the commitment to the footy had ended up paying off, and you know I ended up playing for twelve seasons off the back of it. Yeah, but, clearly. Yeah. Um, I did still have that burning desire to get back to uni and, and and you know get that degree that I really really wanted. You're listening to a cuppa and Dion. I'm Michelle Alexandrovic Lovegrove, and I'm speaking with. Gorgeous George Rose. <laughs> now I, I refrain from saying gorgeous till now, you know, because I'm sure everyone everyone calls you that, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. The nice ones. The nice. <laughs> the nice ones, ones do. Uh, we'll be back just after the break. Land Council members, are your contact details up to date? Have you moved home recently? Got a new post office box? Are you even sure that your address, your phone number, maybe your email address, has been entered into the members' registry correctly? Well, there's only one way to be certain, and now's the best time to do it. The Newswalk election is coming up soon, on November 30. So, having your contact details up to date has never been more important. Contact your lab today. It might just save you a lot of hassle tomorrow. This is A Cuppa and a Yarn, a production of the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. Michelle Alexander-Rix Lovegrove with uh, gorgeous George Rose. Now, I've got to ask you, I'm sure you've been asked a million times before, where'd the gorgeous come from? Um, I, mean, I mean, I can see, yeah, well, you know I, why, but... It, it did offend me a little bit. Usually I expect people to just look and know that, okay, he's gorgeous because he's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. But, um... No, I, I mean, yeah. you are. Obviously everybody thinks differently, so it's But right. it's, a, it's a bit of a, it's a nickname. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it when I, um, 
when I came to Manly, I came to Manly, uh, the Manly Seagulls in 2006. And uh, the ground announcer there, uh, Grant Goldman. Grant was, um, Goldman. Yes. I know Grant yeah. Goldman yeah, quite so, well. Yeah, great bloke, really good yeah. fella. And, and he gave me the uh, the name Gorgeous George uh, just during a, during one of our home games at Brookvale Oval. And it stuck. Yeah, it, it really stuck. And uh, it was good. It's a, it's, it's a nice nickname to have. Like, I've, I've heard some, uh, some bad nicknames over the years. So I'll take Gorgeous. And so do people still call you gorgeous? Yeah, you yeah, know? I still get it a bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've got it on my um, on my social media, I still use gorgeous as my um oh, it's your gorgeous handle, G Rose. Yeah. yeah, on my um on my stuff, so I'm probably still hanging on to it a little bit myself, so Oh look, yeah. I reckon you should hang on to it for as long <laughs> as you can. And you've you've got that social media handle, no one can take yeah, that away from yeah, you. Exactly. George, it's locked you know, in. Yeah, it's locked in. It's locked in. At least you don't have to do like, you know, the real George Rose. <laughs> <laughs> no, well I don't think anyone really wants to be me, so on Twitter, you're pretty active on Twitter, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, I, I do. I go through. I, I go through phases. Mm. Yeah, um, so do I. It's 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 harder. You get you get right into it, and then you mm. got to take a step back and go and live your life again. And it's very easy to uh, argue with people oh. on and Twitter. Yeah, I find. Like, Twitter's such a painful painful experience. So often there's so so much negativity. People just sit behind their. Um, behind their screens and just throwing negativity left, right and centre. And I think that's a that's probably a big reason why I go through phases is because you get caught up in that and, and you can take things personally. And mm. I'd rather be happy and, you know, enjoy what I'm doing and, and, and not have to, um, you know, read shitty stuff from, from people who, who, you know, don't even have real profiles, so... That's exactly yeah. right. Well, people people invent all their profiles, and they're all uh, what do they call them? Trolls. Trolls, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then they are able to say whatever they want. Exactly. No, no. Thank you so much, Randy. We've just been delivered two more cuppers. Thanks, mate. Too. Uh, yeah, Twitter's uh, it's an interesting place, and I mean, I think Instagram too, and yeah. Facebook. I find less so, although I'm I'm really clear. Are you on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, I'm on Facebook too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm really clear with my Facebook though. I yeah. decided years ago because you just get sucked into arguments yeah, with people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. I'm not going to get into arguments. I am not going to. And sometimes I'll fight. I just can't yeah. help myself, and I'll start. You yeah. know. And then I'm like, no, stop, delete, delete, yeah, delete. Yeah, delete. I'm I'm good for that one too. Like I, I you know, you read it and you're like, you, you write this big educated response and you think. What's it worth? I'm yep. talking to a brick wall. 100%. They're not going to change their, their opinion or their attitude. Yep. You know, it's, it's, I've just got to stop. I try to avoid the comments section on any controversial black stuff because I just know how, how ruthless people are. That, that Some of the, the crap that they say mm. towards us as a people, it's like, who are you, you know? Yeah, exactly. When you were playing dealing with negativity of the fan base of the other side etc etc and I know you're there with a team yeah um did people get pretty hot under the collar hey yeah yeah Yeah. I think the hardest ones is your own fans right when your own fans turn on you um oh okay I think think that's the hardest one to cop um and and it's the same for for all players too I, I think um you know when you're when you're having that happen you can expect banter from opposing teams, but um, you know when when it's your own fans that turn on you, that's that's when it's pretty hard. Um, and and you, you do have to you do have to like you know shut off from it. You'll see often see a lot of um, a lot of professional uh, sports people. You know they'll have a time away from it uh, from social media, but. I mean, a lot of the the media coverage now. It's 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 a lot worse now than um, it used to be. when I was playing. When yeah. I was playing, I don't think it was as bad as it is now. But you know, there's guys that that you know, li- literally, they have to stay away from social media because of the things that people are saying about them. And you know, at the end of the day, they're a normal bloke who's who's got a family and kids, and he plays rugby league for his sport. And um, you know, because he dropped the ball or. Uh, because he's because people think he's getting paid more than he should be getting paid. Um, they say all these terrible negative things about about this this person. And you know, again, as I said, they're nicest people you ever meet. They've got a family. 
and, and, and it doesn't only affect the player, it also affects the people around them. Yeah, so absolutely. their parents, their brothers and sisters, their cousins who are, who are also on social media and seeing these things being said about a person that they love and care about and respect and know the hard work that that person mm. goes through, mm. they all feel the brunt of it. They all carry the load of it. And mm. They'll be the people that, that want to fight back on, on social media with these people. But, um, you know, it's, it's not going to... Again, like we said, it's a brick wall. It doesn't doesn't mm. get you anywhere. Having arguments on social media gets you nowhere. And um, I, I really do feel for for our current athletes because people will say things without even thinking. And, um, and and I know even some of my friends have said comments about people. And and, and they might be an athlete that I don't even know, but I I do just mention to them that hey, you know, this guy he's he's a good dude. He's got a family. Um, he's he's got other family members who will see what you just wrote about him. Um, you know, so disgustingly, and you know, I know that you're a different person to that too. You're you're a good guy. Why are you saying something like that to someone? Would you say that to him if you were sitting across from him in a in a cafe, mm-hmm. having a coffee? Would you sit here and say them same words to him? Yeah. Um, and, and what do they say? No, oh, no, no I they sit there and have a think about it and think, well, well, no, I'm not going to actually do that. But it's different, you know. It's it's Facebook. It's you know, it's Twitter. You know, you can say what you want. It's like no. Think twice about what you say because, mm. you know, it really does have an effect on people. But, you know, when, when you were playing, people are still dropping balls, yeah. all of that sort of thing. You'd have fans turning. Yeah. But this is before the massive upsurge in social media phenomenon. Yeah. How did people, how did you deal with that sort of that sort of feeling when your own fans or, or sports editors or whatever are going, you know, yeah. so-and-so played a terrible game, they were, you know, they fumbled this and blah, blah, blah. I think it's, I think the most important thing is is your support network around you, who, who you spend your time with, who you lean on um, to, to keep you motivated, to, to help keep you, you strong towards your goal. Um, so my family and, and a few close friends that I had um, staff members at the at the football club, um, and and teammates who I had that that I really you know I relied on their feedback and and I relied on um, you know them to be able to I, I shared with them you know what I want to do and what I want to achieve. So so at the end of the day, if someone's bagging me out and I say, oh look, you know this is this is shit, you know I'm not really dealing with it too well, you know they remind me of, of what I've done well, of, of you know what I can still do better and. Um, those sort of things because there's so much more to life than, than dropping a ball and have someone calling your names because of it. So, mm. yeah, there's, there, there's definitely a lot more to it. But I think if you don't have them people around you to be able to give you that positive reinforcement, um, sometimes it can sort of eat away at you a little bit. It can be tricky. Yeah. It can be really, really tricky. And, you know, one of the big realisations that I had, and I still share it down with some of the players that I, that I work with, is... There's 200 positive comments out there about you, but you only remember the one negative oh. comment that you had, and you remember it word for word. Yeah. What about what about them other 199 comments that were that were so super positive, and, and people are supporting you and caring about you? Yeah. What do you remember about them? And, yeah. they, and they wouldn't be able to rattle it off. But then you sit there and you go, all right, well, let's delete that one. Let's go back to the start. Look at everyone who's commented. Give them a like. Give them a reply. Interact with them because they're the ones who care about you, who mm. know, mm. Um, you know that you're that you're more than just more than just a footballer and more than just a, a, a public figure. Yeah. Um, they're they're the ones who who want to who want to be nice to you and want to want to make you feel feel good about yourself. So, um, you know, make sure that you interact with them and the the ones who who are throwing negative stuff out there. You know, whether it's because they've got their own thing going on in their own life or they don't care about what's going on in in yours. You know, they'll throw that out there. If you if you give them the airtime, then you know it's only going to keep eating away at you. Keep keep focusing on the positive. Keep trying to be trying to be better than you know what you were yesterday. And that's good advice, generally, isn't it? <laughs> I still try to take it. You know, now in, into whatever I do now is that you know there's going to be detractors in anything that you do. And I think you know, as Blackfellas, sometimes we're our worst enemies in when we're trying to be successful in different parts. And I always say, well, if, if if there isn't someone out there saying something bad about me, then I'm then I must be doing too well, you know. If I'm if I'm doing well, <laughs> there's someone out there who will run me down for it. So, in the days when you were playing, though, did did you find there was there was sort of much of that the the rundown or or there was yeah, just, just from community yeah. just support 
both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. So you know, pe- people who who think that you shouldn't be achieving what you're achieving, or wow. think that they could have done a better job. Or, wow. Um, it's amazing, and, isn't it? Yeah, but it's you know, you know, obviously there's more more behind the reason why they're saying or doing that. And mm. um, as I said, that's it's on the lower end of the scale. Like the majority of people were positive and supportive and and yeah. just happy to see him you do do good. I mean, especially if you if if you're giving your time back and sharing the experience with other people, um, I think it helps to you know attract supporters and you know have people support what you're doing and you know, want to be a part of it, so... Quite frankly, I'd be too scared to run you down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Not many people said it to my face, so... Yeah. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm, sure you, I'm sure you're a big pussycat, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't. And I wouldn't do it to your face, so I'd, if I'd probably, if I was so inclined, I'd be a keyboard warrior. <laughs> gorgeous, George. Uh, Not good. so gorgeous. Yeah. I'll be looking for that tweet later. Yeah, right, yeah. How's he calling himself gorgeous? I've seen him in the flesh. Yeah. He's not that good looking. He's not that. I mean, I think it's a lovely... And and knowing that Grant gave it to you. Yeah. Yeah, I've known Grant for a few moons. Yeah, Uh, he was great. I I absolutely loved him, and I I think that he just added to that whole manly... The, the fortress Brookvale feel. He was the, he was the voice of the seagulls, and... Absolutely. um, It was always... Sunday over at Brookie, I still reckon that there's no better... No better game of footy, especially if you're going for Manly. How many years were you with them for? Eight years I was at Manly, yeah. Eight years. Yeah. So I've got here 127 games or yeah. thereabouts. Yeah, I think it was about that, yeah. yeah. So that's um, that's big. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, I had a, had a little hiatus there for a couple of years while I was there, but it, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was a real, real home club for me. You won the 2011 Premiership. You're Player of the Year. Yeah. 2009? Yeah. And you came back after that broken leg. You, yeah, you broke so that was, that was my first year back after, after breaking my leg. So wow. I broke, broke my leg in 2007, and, and it was a really tough period. Um, when it happened, I was told by the doctors that, you know, I'll be lucky to be able to walk properly again, oh, let alone run and play footy and that sort of stuff. So it was a really, really tough period. But as I said, then positive people that I had around me mm-hmm. um, really kept me focused and motivated while... I had a lot of negative attention around around the in, the injury and um, you know whether I'd be able to be the player that I was beforehand. So um, to be able to get back on the field in 2009, you know, I, I got back on the field, played a full season. We won the we won the World Club Challenge over in the UK to start the year off, and then I had a really good season. I was just playing really good footy and ended up getting the, the Player of the Year, and uh, I got to got to tour Papua New Guinea with the. Australian Prime Minister 13 side oh, at the end of the yeah, year, right. and it was just a it was a really good comeback year from an injury that that could have been that was meant to be the end of end of my career, and yeah, it was it was it was a good feeling that year. So, what do you think the most important thing for you was in being able to come back from an injury like that, but come back to the level that you did? I mean, you recovered as good, if not better. As you as you were before, is it a lot of it? You know, is it is it the brain power as well as the physical rehabilitation? Definitely, definitely. I had a lot of people who really believed in me and supported me. Without without that, I could have easily given up and given in. Like, I'd I'd go to the doctor for a checkup and he'd say, "Have you have you found yourself another job yet?" Oh gee. You know, and it was it thanks, was sort doc. Of like, yeah, yeah, just when I'm trying to trying to be up and and positive and. Um, you know, so I'd go home and because because it'd be it, it was painful. It mm. was painful, and I'd be thinking, you know, maybe he's right. You know, maybe I can't do this. But then I'd come home and and I had mates and and family who were there supporting. You know, they were mm. they were cooking me good meals and um, mm. you know just just being around me, having a yarn and having a laugh and and picking my spirits back up. And then I had you know trainers at at Manly guy like Donny Singe who knew what what I was capable of, and he said, you know. You're fine. You're fine. Get in here, throw some, throw some steel around. Yeah. You know, get on the bike, do do whatever. You know, encourage me to do something, and mm. you, you do it. Then that's just that little bit more in the bank. So even though someone said something negative, they're getting me in and just doing something, and, mm. and it was just something that just kept building and building. And while it took two years to get back to where I wanted to be, you know, I got back there. Um, <laughs> so that was the the major issue um, going forward, and, and it was just through management having having the right people. At the club to to be able to just tell them, you know, 
I don't feel real good today. I can't run on it today. Mm. I need to do something else, and, they, and they'd be okay with that because, um, I mean, during that period, uh, it was it was sort of a period where if you said that you couldn't train on a certain day, you were sort of considered soft or taking shortcuts uh-huh. and things like that, which which some people may may do. But mm. um, to know that they had the faith in me to, to believe, you know, what I'm saying is is you know accurate. Um, it, it helped the recovery process. It helped get the job done and helped me get my body back to being the best that it could be. And and throughout all of this, and I know this is this is a, a few years beforehand, but that that dream, that education dream that you had, that geeky maths Georgie yeah. person, was still bubbling away, huh? Yeah. Well, I remember when I was I was sitting up in the hospital at, at North Shore, and I had like I had this big frame on my ankle with. Um, you know, screws and things going going through it and that, and I was laying there and I was thinking, oh. shit, I should have finished that degree. What? Oh. <laughs> why didn't I just do it? Oh, why wow. didn't I just stick with it? And um, and so it was sort of burning because I hadn't done nothing between, um, you know, between 2002 and 2007 when the injury yeah. happened. Yeah. I did no study, no no off field engagement stuff. So yeah, we well, didn't um, really have time, did you? Well. I could have, I could have made time. But you did. I didn't. could have made time for it, but I. You were too busy being gorgeous. I was. I was. You know, I, was, <laughs> I had a, had a face that I had to upkeep. That's you know? right. Was, yeah, it was all that skincare. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, that that dream was still alive. So yeah, it, definitely. It, it's sort of not surprising to me, at around that time. So we were saying around 2013. It was, you know, a few years. You won a few things had a few successes in the meantime but uh you went and studied commerce yeah i was with greg inglis we we did a couple of days up in the northern territory and we're out on a boat we we're, were fishing um and he started talking about how south wanted him to go and um study at uni and that saying mm. that there was opportunity through the pathways programs yeah and that they were trying to get him there but he just didn't want to go because he had no one to go with and i said well you know, I'll tell come. them I'm keen. I'll come. Sweet. So you know, let them know that that I'll that I'll do it. And um, so he let the, he let them know at South. The guy at South uh, arranged for us to go through go through the pathways program to to get into um, Sydney Uni. Um, and then the next semester, we, we were sitting up in class together, and you know, that's what that's where it all started. Did again. he do commerce as well? He started. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, it was a lot harder for him. He's got a lot more sponsorship commitments, and mm. um, and he had origin. As soon as Origin came around, which was, mm. you know, mid semester, that was sort of it. That, yeah. It sort of wiped out yeah, the rest of his semester, and and it made it impossible for him to to finish it. But um, best thing that I did, both for my for my footy career and and for me personally, was was going back to uni at that time. And you you started commerce. You finished commerce. Did you? No, I haven't don't know. finished. Haven't finished. So okay. I've that, been doing. That, I've been doing one subject a semester for yeah. forever. You're still going. Still going. Yeah, yeah. And well, that's okay. Yeah. Because um, you know, life moves on. Yeah. I mean, you're a dad. You know, you've got a yes. family. You you got to earn some crust. So, how many subjects have you got to go off the top I, of your head? I think. I think if I get about eight or so done like I could get it done in a year if I did it full time yeah true but you but can't take the time yeah, off. Oh, nor could I yeah you know? but I'd love the, to be a full time student again the thing again. about this um, this course is that from the first subject that I did straight away I started wanting to do things mm. um, and, and I ended up starting a business from um, from the things that I was learning and then when I started the business um, it sort of decided where I wanted to go for the next subject like the, the whatever issues that I wanted to know more about, like because I was I was new to new to being a part of you know running a business and that with with my brother, so all of the things that I've chosen, all the subjects I've chosen to do have been things that I feel are going to give me benefit in, in what I'm already doing, and mm. um, and it's been that way. Every time I learn something new, straight away I implement it into the business, and it's been good. It's it's been getting more and more successful, and it's enjoyable. It's a big year for the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. On November 30, members right across the state are headed to the polls for the News Wall collection. So it's a pretty big deal, not only for the future of the organisation and the land rights movement, but members, this is your opportunity to have your say on the future for all Aboriginal people in New South Wales. Now, the only way to ensure you have your say is by lodging your vote. 
There's a few ways to do that. Postal voting is one of them. But in order to do that, you need to ensure your contact details are up to date. I mean, it's pretty hard to get a voting form in the mail if your address is wrong, isn't it? So don't wait. Get in touch with your local Aboriginal Land Council and update your details, even just to check and make sure they're registered correctly. You never know. It is worth checking. It's the best way to make sure you get to make your mark with your all-important vote on Newswell Collection Day. That's November 30. You're listening to a cover and a yarn <laughs> <laughs> with George Rose. What's the business? Uh, no Limit Management. So. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. I went and checked out the website. Yeah, yeah. so we, we do... We do athlete management and, and, yeah. and run events, so yeah, um, yeah. you know we've been we've been running the Dreamtime Awards the last few years, which has been of course really exciting. Like you know, for me, wanting to be able to showcase all the positive sides mm. of of, mm. of Blackfellas and what we do and what we achieve, like it's it's you know something that I really love that we're that we're a part of. We're, we're doing our boxing. The boxing events have been unreal. We've got our our next um, event is at. The convention centre, okay. the International Convention Centre at Darling Harbour. So, when's that on? Um, August fourteenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. um, to think, you know, from where we've come from to to where we're at now, we're you know we're running events at the you know the the Star Casino and um, Horden Pavilion, and, and now the the International Convention Centre. Like it's it's pretty. Um, Big venues. Yeah, pretty pretty exciting to think that you know that, that we're actually doing it. You know, like mm. who'd have thought? You know, when we're more playing. When we're playing footy in the backyard back in back in Narrabri and Bath- Margaret yeah, and Bathurst yeah. and to think that, that we'd be here doing what we're what we're doing now I think is um, really exciting and uh, the the amount of work that Matt puts into it in particular like mm. it's um it, it wouldn't be you know where it's at without without that hard work. So basically you're you're the brother who coasts, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well he's he's in there full time and yeah. I, I um I just try to contribute as much as I as can if, yeah. while I can, and um, I think I think once I finish my degree and you know that's all done, I, I think I'd love to be more hands-on with it. But at the moment, it's just sort of when I'm needed, I, I, yeah, I jump in. And but yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. Just to clear this up too, you don't want to be a boxer, do you? No, I don't. No, I okay, don't. Good. I, I thought about it. Oh, no, yeah. you did. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't want to get punched, though. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's yeah. that gorgeous face. Oh, exactly. You exactly. don't want people pull on your beard. Yeah. That's for more brave people than me. So you're trucking along with the degree. You've got your business with your brother. That's doing well. And, and yeah, I completely forgot you guys do the Dreamtime Awards. Yeah. You're a media star. You get to talk footy. <laughs> I'm, and I'm on TV, yeah. Yeah, you're on, he's on NITV. <laughs> uh, so it's a black dot, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Over the black dot, Over Tuesday black night dot. at 8.30, little plug there. Yeah, that's fine, <laughs> little plug on, on our Indigenous television station. So that's going good? Yeah, it's going real good. Um, I'm on there with uh, Tamana Tahu, Jaden Perry, Bo Dela Cruz. Uh, Dean Witters comes on every now and then. Oh, good. Yeah, Owen Craigie's been a big part of the program and um, it's, it's fun. Like we sit on there and talk footy, the same thing I'd be doing at home if, if you um, just get to put on some glad rags and yeah. sit there and have get, your get, get my makeup done yeah and have your face I, I actually quite like makeup I'm surprised <laughs> you know I, I understand why women love makeup now every time I sit there and it's like I, I actually look I could look gorgeous if I wore makeup what is it you like about makeup oh, the no, way it, just, it, it makes you look different better, yeah. better? it's like oh yeah all right Okay, so what do you like the foundation? Do you like? Do they put eyeliner on you? No, no, I haven't gone that far. It's just right. the um, mascara, the no. foundation. Just the foundation. Yeah. They put concealer on. You know, the concealers. You know, if you've got dark circles, they'll put yeah. stuff under your well, eyes. Yeah, well, I think they do that because I, I get around with dark circles all the time. Yeah. But they clear it up. It's like I look. It's like I look energetic and young Refreshed and fresh. And and like I don't have two kids at home stealing sleep from me. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah, exactly yeah. right, and that, and that's the lot of every parent, male or female, and the stu- look, the studio lights they drain you as well. Yeah. So, people think, oh, fellas don't need to wear makeup or TV. Even if you don't, you do, yeah. because those lights just suck all the colour out of you yeah. because they by the they need to be so bright, yeah. so that you know you don't have all the shadows and stuff. Yeah, and that's weird. I don't, all these little things that I didn't didn't know about and even mm. like the shine and stuff like that there was mm. an on shiny coming out and 
yeah. polishing up the head. And <laughs> so what, they're coming out every few minutes with you sweating if you've yeah. got a live oh, audience? Yeah, get, get a live audience and I'll be sweating and they'll <laughs> slip a few tissues into my pocket. And so just, just dab it, dab it when the camera's off. You were playing, weren't you? Weren't you? Didn't you go back to yeah. where were you playing? Uh, Moor Park Broncos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. playing there with my brothers, and yeah. it, it was good fun to be playing, playing with them again. They just uh, this year, I I haven't been able to make it too much uh, because of work commitments and stuff. But Matt and Trent are back, back playing. They're both both there, so I won't play this year with Moore Park. I'll, I'll play at the knockout at the end of the year, but mm. I'll oh, look, at, look at playing, um, look at playing next year. So. So when you play uh, Koree Knockout, Walgett? Walgett, yeah. Yep. Walgett Aboriginal Connection. We've had, a, we've had a few good years there. So that's just hard. The, the competition's so hard. It's, it's ridiculous. And a lot, of, a lot more young, fitter, young fellas coming into it now. So it's, um, it's hard to be a, a competitive team at the Knockout. Knockout's huge now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty exciting. I'm, I'm keen to see how that goes. And um, Newcastle All Blacks hosting it. I think they'll do a great job of hosting it. But mm. Um, they'll also experience the pressure of, of having to play and, and host and um, we, we haven't been able to um, have any success the years that we hosted the knockout so we found it pretty hard. But So, I mean, apart from all of that, George, I mean, you, you've got a lot going on. What does the rest of this year look like for you? Uh, the rest of this year? Well, there's, there's still, a bit, still a bit going on. Um, yeah. You know, obviously the events, we've got... We've got uh, two more two more boxing events for the year. We've got the Dream Times on. We've got the Knockout to prepare for. We also run the Walgett Knockout two weeks before the big knockout. So, oh, right. so it'll be okay. on. Yeah. Um, it's on the 21st of September out at Walgett. Mm. Um, yeah. Other other than that, it's it's um, just enjoying life, enjoying Birthdays, family time. Christmas. Yeah. yeah I, su- I survived. May and June is the worst for me for for birthdays and Christmas. I got. Mm. Um, you know, between mum and my partner and the, and the kids, it's um, yeah, they drain me. They've yeah. been a couple of months. So. Yeah. When's your birthday? March. March thirteenth. Thirteenth. Yeah. You're a Pisces. Yes, you're I am. A yeah. Fish. Yes. Yeah. Can't swim though. Terrible swimmer. Oh, serious. Yeah. Okay, so you're not a you're not a water man. Oh, nah. nah not really. no, I'm not. Yeah, I'll eat a fish. I even get a bit nervous going out too far at the beach too. I like. Like going down to the beach, going a little bit too far, that's where the sharks yeah. will get you. And, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I was in the last podcast I was talking to Mark Eller and he was saying exactly the opposite. He said if he gets more than about 20 minutes away from the coast, yeah. like if he spends too long away from the coast, he starts getting nervous. Yeah. That's all from, you know, growing yeah. up in La Perouse and that's, yeah, that's yeah. sort of oh, in nice his DNA. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You've done a lot of stuff. It's been a big life. It's been been a big career. Uh, you know, I don't want to say you've reinvented yourself, but you've invented yourself in different ways. I mean, you're doing event management now. I mean, it's just yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Where do you get that inspiration from? Is there is there, you know, I'm sure there are people. Is there a key person who's inspired you to just? keep rolling along with the way that life unfolds yeah i think there's probably a few people that motivate me like mm-hmm. um you know i think you know straight away is is my mum obviously as i said we lost my dad back in 1992 so um at that time there was there was four of us um i think matt was uh, matt was 13 marinda my sister was uh, was 11 i was nine and and trent was five so um, she raised raised us all, um, you know, on her on her own from that age. Um, she's always worked hard. She's always, um, you know, instilled good values in us. Um, kept us connected to our culture, and um, you know, really, yeah, really gone above and beyond to make sure that we, that we didn't miss out on anything. Um, even though I realise now how hard it would have been on her to do all of that. So. You know, for me, my, my whole football career, she she came to nearly every game. There wasn't many games that she actually missed. So, so my football what career. A good mother. Yeah. Hey? Well, well, my, my career it was it was her career too. Like I, I I didn't do that on my own. She was a part of every step. She was there for for every part of it. So, every win I had, it was her win as well. Every award I got, it's her award as well. Um, so you know, she she means a lot to me. So she's definitely a motivator. You know, I want to I want to make sure that whatever I do in my life, you know, is something that she'd be proud of. 
that she that that all of that hard work and sacrifice that she had, um, you know, was worth was worth it. Um, my, my brothers and my sisters, they're they're big motivators for me as well. You know, like everything we do, we do, you know, together for each other. Make sure that we're all you know looked after and just sort of take care of each other when we're when we need it. Um, yeah. And then, like I think of like yeah. like my pop going back, a lot of things that he had to go through, to the sacrifices that he had to go through to, to create opportunities for us. So so all of them sacrifices that, that they had to make for me, that's that's my motivator. Like I, that's why I want to. I'll have a crack at something. If, if if I think I'm capable of doing something, I'll go for it and and I'll try to be the best that I can be at it. And if I can create an opportunity for someone else to to do the same, then then I'll do it because. I know that there's been people who have opened doors for me and without their assistance, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been able to achieve a lot of what I've achieved. So um, if I can do that for other people as well, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And your kids too? I guess they're, they're a big motivator, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, my, my boy's actually, his name's George as well, so he's George Rose the Fourth. Whoa. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> you know, he, he carries the name of me, my father and my pop and... Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm so proud of what my what my pop and my father did in their lifetimes, and um, you know I, w- I want to do a lot in my lifetime, and I just want him to be you know to be proud of the things that I've done too, and and hopefully he can be motivated um, by some things. But man, he's he's a he's a good kid. He's a good caring kid, and he's got a I love being the father to to him and and, and Billy, my little daughter. I love being a father to my kids and. Um, you know, fumbling my way through that, trying to learn how to do it right, and you get a lot of advice from people. But until you, when, when you get thrown into it, it's um, it's a whole another another kettle of fish, and it's um, 100%. but it's fun. It's the you, you can have the absolute worst day. That can be that can be horrible, or you can get so many things wrong, and then end of the night, you know, they give you a smile and give you a cuddle or whatever it might be, and and it just wipes whatever whatever bad was in your day that day. Just seeing your kids smile at you, tell you tell you that they love you or whatever it might be that it just wipes everything and then you know you're good to go again it, it, mm. it fills your cup yeah george thank you so much for coming in and spending some time on a cup of a yarn so we've had two cuppers we're almost on three yeah <laughs> almost got to it yeah it was, um, it's, it's been a pleasure and it's been good to to sit here and yarn about this stuff like to, to think back about about them different different good memories and and, and positive experiences so it's so thanks for thanks for having me on here. Yeah, no worries. You can do nayaniya baraya nayaniya mananiya mananiya.